And now, Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we got a packed show today, Casey, and we're going to uh, talk. First of all, we're going to talk about high-end restaurants today, and uh, you've got a number of things. Uh, you can talk about dressing. Yes. Check splitting. Shaving truffles. Shaving on truffles. Roasted duck. Specials, all kinds of tips for you if you uh, if you're feeling uh, a little self-conscious about high dining and how it works in uh, high-end restaurants. We've got tips for you. We're going to catch up with our friend Ross Weiss. He's the new winemaker over at Black Hills. This is his first uh, shot at the red wines. He's already made the white wines from last year, but we're going to talk to him about uh, his work with Nota Bene, of course, a, a very famous wine. Uh, for many years now, 20 years in the Okanagan. They're celebrating a big anniversary at Black Hills. Yes, Casey. T- a 20th vintage. Yeah. And then uh, your favorite restaurant, your favorite, uh, one of your favorite restaurants now in the whole province. Yes, Home Block. Home Block. Up at Cedar Creek Estate Winery. We'll talk with Taylor uh, Whelan and Graham Norton about their success up there. And, and both of those gentlemen, those winemakers, will be in the city uh, at the Vancouver Wine Festival, uh, where we'll be in two weeks' time uh, broadcasting live from of the Trade and Convention Center. And coming up next, uh, Rhonda May joins us. She's a food journalist, but more importantly, the founder of the Vancouver Hot Chocolate Festival. It's year 10. Uh, We're going to talk about some special drinks. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Don't go away. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Savon Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Savon Foods locations. For special offers in store and online, visit saveonfoods.com slash wine. In town for the Vancouver International Wine Festival? You deserve a relaxing stay at the Westin Bayshore Vancouver. Enjoy refreshed guest rooms with breathtaking views of the harbor, North Shore Mountains and Stanley Park. Must try restaurants like H2 Rotisserie and Bar, plus recharge at the Vita Spa or at the newly opened Just Add Water Yoga Studio, featuring a variety of classes like meditation made easy, flow yoga, and more. The Westin Bayshore Vancouver, proud supporter of the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Book your stay at the westinbayshore.reservations.com. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm to table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating. Deep in wine country. (laughs) Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. In 1888, Isadora Boucherie settled in West Bank and soon after became renowned for his pedigree cattle. Legend has it after treating Kelowna's father Pandozi to an epic steak and a bottle of Blaufrank quiche, he exclaimed, this has been the greatest meal this valley's ever seen. Well, aren't you the modest butcher, the good father shot back? The name stuck. 
Now we celebrate the sacred Okanagan institution of dining with reckless abandon. The Modest Butcher, opening soon at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're going to talk chocolate in this uh, segment. Hot chocolate. In fact, uh, the BC Food and Wine uh, Radio Network is a sponsor, one of the many sponsors of the uh, thriving Hot Chocolate Festival and the founders here with us. Rhonda May. We haven't seen you in a while, Rhonda. How are you? I know. We've all been busy. You've all been busy. You've yeah. been hot chocolate. what have you been doing? Uh, there's <coughs> an angry crowd outside yes. the studio. Well, that's what I, I had was... I to beat my way through I them was to mentioning. get you. <laughs> it's just a food and wine show. I don't know why they're so excited out there. Well, well I a, think lot it's of, a lot of angry people who could use a hot chocolate, I yeah, think. Yeah. I think they're celebrating your 10th year. I can't yeah. believe it's the 10th anniversary. It is. It is. We're not even that chocolate. old, are we? <laughs> no, we're not. What is the allure of hot chocolate? Is it a a childhood thing or what is it i think that's a misconception about hot chocolate that it's for kids because actually um originally it was a quite a macho thing to be drinking i mean montezuma and his boys they were he wouldn't even let them have it unless they'd killed enough of the other team and uh really went through history that way that the conquistadors got into it and then it became a thing to have in British politics when you were arguing in in, mm. in Parliament and then they no served whiskey? it they yeah and then they served it uh, to the troops in World War One. So um it's not just for kids, it's for a lot mm. of different people and having stress in their lives, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like I, crowds of I, my protesters. Con- I think my connection to it is as a kid, yeah. <coughs> when it was pretty lousy hot chocolate, really, yeah. just out of the packet sort of thing. Out of the carnation. Yeah, package. I mean, my mother used to make it, but when she wasn't around, we would just use the old packets. And yeah, I remember boxes with a rabbit on it. You know, I think it was Nestle's Quick or something. Yeah. Like big oh, Quick. On it. Possibly. Yes, you're right. I yeah. couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, but you. But it started with cocoa, right? Your mother yeah, would make it from sure. scratch with and cocoa. milk, and then we would curdle the milk or whatever. It was always such a, a production. But yeah, I know. But <laughs> it works better at the hot chocolate festival. It well, it's a little more controlled situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and pretty they, wild, you know, pretty inventive too. Pretty crazy. Oh mm-hmm. my! I know. There, there's no limit to the imagination that some of these people put into it. So. Yeah. Uh, and great. it's a challenge. You know, every year they want to outdo not only their fellow vendors, but what they did last year. So, yeah. you know, p- the public gets an expectation going, and they want to meet that. So um, it does surprise me what they come up with. And we had a great tour on Saturday, Did Rhonda. you? Yes, I was oh, with you. Oh, you and I? Yes. <laughs> it's all a blur, I'm afraid, <laughs> the last three weeks. And yes. we went to Butter. Yes, we did. We had a lovely cup of hot chocolate at Butter. Mine looked like birthday cake. It had yes, a, it had it a little cake delicious. actually sitting on the top of the cup, which was, which was one of our 10th anniversary comeback drinks. We asked all the vendors this year for, ten, for the 10th anniversary if they would bring back their most popular drink from the last 10 years and and that was one of them so uh and then we headed to la glace that very high-end wonderful ice cream shop beautiful very elegant shop at 16th and mcdonald yes yeah and uh those were uh, almost more european in style they they? were and they're beautiful Yes, very, very flavorful, well-made. Well, I had a beautiful meringue. I had to lift it out of the cup and, and you, to and eat And you it. missed the Nutella underneath the little bun that was on the plate because I ate it. 
Oh, that's where it went. <laughs> that's right, that. a brioche loaf. I know. No, the very creative. It's amazing what you've done. We're speaking with Rhonda May. She's a food journalist and the founder of the Vancouver Hot Chocolate Festival, which uh, celebrating actually the 10th anniversary, which it concludes this Friday and maybe through the weekend for people who are have <laughs> ingredients left or uh yeah uh, it officially it ends on valentine's day ah, okay and some vendors have left early because they're small and they're a real mom and pop situation mm -hmm. it's just too much for them to handle the festival and hot chocolate yeah uh, and the uh, valentine's thing so um but you have to a ask your vendor if they're going to carry on a few days more because some of them have ingredients that they want to use up officially we won't be announcing it but you may find that you can still get a drink in the weekend afterwards, mm -hmm. especially because it is the weekend and, the, and there are more families yeah. want to get a chance and go out and try. And them. Rhonda, a great one is Trafique. Yes, beautiful. They, and that's with saffron, I think you checked uh, that well out. Well, they have four different ones and they, they do them in a theme. So last year it was famous lovers from history. It was like that's Napoleon right. and Josephine. And this year they've done spiritual, a spiritual theme. So uh, it's Nirvana or, you know. Um, I, I, they're always busy, always busy. Yes, and um, very successful. Traffic, it's on Main Street? It's on Main Street. I yeah, knew this festival Vancouver. had started. I walked by the first day and people were outside in the rain taking pictures of their hot chocolates mm -hmm. out in the rain outside wow. because they couldn't get a seat inside so <laughs> it's uh, it's a very popular place i want to ask you and tony a couple of questions about chocolate first of all i'd like to know Rhonda. besides me with whom would you like to share a cup of hot oh, chocolate um uh no i was going to say montezuma yes because uh, <laughs> He was the original hot chocolate addict and, and, and probably pretty fiercely interesting guy. But if you're drinking hot chocolate with him, you're probably strapped to a rock at the top of a temple about to have heart surgery. So um, he used to give that to his victims to, so they would feel no pain. You know. But uh, no, I'm going to switch. I'm going to say um, Catherine the Great of Russia because... Uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in uh, New York, they have the biggest collection of hot chocolate paraphernalia, and they have a, a set in their collection that is 3,300 pieces of silver, uh, intricately carved silver, and a lot of them are for her passion for hot chocolate. And she had like 18 pots in, in, in the set. And uh, they were for her lover. She'd, she'd had this built for her lover, and she had Only expected a big lover? thing from him. Ah. So <laughs> she, <laughs> she was really into that. So she'd be interesting. Yes. And Tony? Tony, who would you <coughs> you're like springing to this on me. Yes. Who would you like to share a cup of uh, hot chocolate No idea. With? Well, actually, uh, I was thinking about Taylor Swift. I knew that. And because, only because I was thinking that... Uh, you don't have to explain it. No, yeah, that maybe she'd write a song about me after we'd had <laughs> hot chocolate. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, hot chocolate. I ha I mean, it's been years since I've had a hot chocolate, but uh, they, you don't do know what you're they, they do intrigue me. Yeah. Well, I love chocolate, so I want to know, too, what would be your last chocolate dessert? Starting with Rhonda and then going to Tony. You mean like if I was on death row or yes. something? Uh, I think it would be a big, moist chocolate cake with boiled vanilla icing. Yeah. Yes. yes. My mother used and to make those all the time. Birthday cake is one of the most common uh, 
uh, requests from death row inmates when they're going to have their last meal. They ask for birthday cake. Wow, and you ice cream. are just a and font of information. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I think that's sad, though, don't you? Oh, I mean, very sad. That's really going back to Tony's. You know, it's for I childhood. Chocolate I think is it's for brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And Tony, yours would be. Uh, but you know, I love a chocolate brownie. Yes. So I don't know. I think I would be happy with that. I'm not a big chocolate truffle guy, so yeah, I think I would stick with the, you know, really great brownie. I don't know. Can you recommend a chocolate brownie in Vancouver? Oh, to I've been hiding from brownies for you years have. because uh-huh. at one time I did know where there every pan of brownie was in the lower Well, I have land, a fabulous recipe, and you can. Oh, Casey Wilson brownie. Yes, it's online. It's called uh, an Irish brownie, Irish whiskey brownie. And if you go to the Vancouver Sun, put my name in, Irish whiskey brownie, you won't find a better one. All right. I'll do that. I, but I then should I bring have to, a pan of But then I have here. to make it. Like, you know, no, you're you know supposed what? to bring make, it in. I'll make you one. Yeah. I'll make okay, a pan great. and bring it in. Perfect. Love it. So, uh, how many people this year, and, and do they do people sign up for next year already? Do they? How, how does it work? Uh, well, we have forty-four. Wow. Um, they're in forty-two locations because a couple of them have doubled up in one location. Yeah. But uh, it grows every year, and it it grows a lot because people don't fall out. They they stay unless yeah. they're actually closing their business and moving out of town. They they do just want to be there next year too. So. So there's not a lot of attrition, mm-hmm. and there is a lineup every year for people who want to get in. Uh, we, we do restrict it to small businesses. That was the aim of the festival, was to promote the small artisan businesses in Vancouver. So even though we do get a lot of interest from big chains, um, and they're very kind about it, they, they want to get in on the fund, it, it, we do say, no, we're mm-hmm. just going to keep it to the smaller local companies. And Rondi, a lot of m- the money goes to charity. It does. Uh, pretty much their profits go to, uh, we have three charities uh, that we support, and they all, um, they're all they all concerned with families, the welfare and well-being of women and families, children, and we think that's kind of in our area because a lot of families like to go to the Hot Chocolate Festival. They, they find it a way to bond with their children, so it's kind of nice to think that some of the money is going to more disadvantaged families. And you're going to be doing a cookbook, so you'll oh, have to. Oh, that's a secret. Oh, oh no, is no, it? no, no one's supposed to know that. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Well, you, well, you heard it here first. That's right. You'll um, have to come yes, on the show yes, next we're, year with the cookbook. We're going to take the ten, uh, the tenth anniversary chocolates, and hot chocolates, and put them together in a little book, maybe an e-book, maybe in print. We haven't decided that yet, but it, it will also be sold for charity. Great. And we have a photographer going out now taking pictures, and she has a little styrofoam, three-inch styrofoam bear, and she puts those next to the chocolates and, and dresses up the, the bear to look like the chocolate theme, and, and they're pretty funny. There was yeah. something indecent. What is the name of that chocolate? Oh, the perverted ice cream. Perverted, right. Yes. And so she dressed this bear up. As it was a naked. It was the bear naked. was naked. Okay, great. <laughs> That'll be on the cover then. You mean he was bare naked? <laughs> he was <laughs> Thank you, Rhonda. Rhonda May, great to see you, by the way. <laughs> okay, uh, nice Come to by see and you see too. us more often. Thank Always you. great to see Thank you, Rhonda May. Thank you for May. inviting me. Rhonda May is the founder of the uh, Hot Chocolate Festival, and of course, a noted uh, food journalist uh, residing here in Vancouver for uh, many years. She's yes. been writing on that subject. 
You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Coming up next, Taylor Whelan, who's the winemaker, and Graham Norton, the general manager of Cedar Creek Winery in Kelowna, join us to talk about food and wine. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Blow away those winter blues and take a break at Tinhorn Creek. Their tasting room is open daily from 10 till 4 for a stress-relieving wine escape. Join the Crush Club and get VIP treatment, including regular shipments to top up your cellar, early access to new releases, and more. Plus, pick up your 2020 Canadian Concert Series Early Bird Passes online now and get all four concerts for the price of three. And don't forget, the Miradora Restaurant reopens for the season March 1st with a delicious new spring menu. Visit tinhorn.com. Discover a true wellness-centered oasis in the heart of Canada's only desert at Spirit Ridge Resort in Osoyoos. Wake up to stunning views from your condo, suite, or villa. Enjoy modern vineyard cuisine inspired by Indigenous history and culture at the bear, the fish, the root, and the berry. Tour and taste at award-winning Ink Meep Cellars or just relax and rejuvenate at their on-site spa. Spirit Ridge, an experience like none other, part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Check for family day and spring break packages at spiritridge.ca. Hi, this is Duncan from Hillside Winery and Bistro. Join us this season for the ultimate Naramata experience. Delight your senses as you sit back and savor our locally inspired food and wine. Handcrafted wines made exclusively from Naramata-grown grapes, terroir-to-table cuisine, and striking views of Okanagan Lake and its surrounding vineyards. It's all right here at Hillside Winery and Bistro. Don't miss their grand reopening the weekend of March 20th. Find out more details at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're excited to be heading up to the Okanagan. We're going to speak with Graham Norton. He's the GM, and Taylor Whelan is the winemaker at Cedar Creek estate winery uh i can say probably one of the most beautiful wineries in the valley now uh the renovation is almost complete gentlemen how are you very good thank you excellent and yeah. i want to say one of the best restaurants in british columbia wow home block, home block at wow. cedar we Creek. really it's, appreciate it, that. it's an incredible restaurant i think we I thank think you so much casey yeah i think from the start we thought it would be a great addition to the uh, city of Kelowna. And uh, I think we've been proven right. You guys have been busy all winter. Uh, it's it's like it's just a, it's like a restaurant in the city, but it's you know out at the winery. Oh my gosh, it's so true. We were anticipating okay once we hit September, it's going to start to slow down, and then it was once we get past the Easter long week or sorry Thanksgiving long weekend, it'll slow down, and uh, we're still waiting for the slowdown. We haven't got there yet, so uh, it's been really exciting, and the way that the community is embraced home block and we feel really a part of uh a part of Kelowna and we feel real fortunate to have the neighbors that we do yeah uh, just for people who don't know so you 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 are currently closed one day a week but when does that uh, how does it work what are your hours at the moment yeah, we weren't sure what the opportunity would be in the winter season. Obviously, it was the first time that we've had an all-year-round restaurant at Cedar Creek and being a bit more of a destination down at the end of Lakeshore. So we closed uh, one day a week on Tuesdays uh, after the Thanksgiving long weekend. But uh, interestingly enough, the first six weeks, we ended up reopening <laughs> four of those six weeks because of requests that came through. Wow. Um, and so we're, uh, we still have tentatively closed on Tuesdays, but if a request comes in or a booking or something like that or an event that somebody wants to 
to do, we'll of course welcome them. So uh, we'll be full on uh, winter or sorry, uh, summer hours as of April, but it may start earlier than that based on based on the success that we've had. Yeah. Well, well we I, I think Home Block Restaurant is a game changer in the Okanagan in in wineries. It's phenomenal, and you're doing something very special on Sundays. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think it just comes down to Chef Neil Taylor and what he's brought to not just Home Block, but I think the Okanagan. We're so, as a community, really, really fortunate to have him. Uh, and then so what we started to think about is being a new restaurant, we wanted to come up with opportunities to hopefully bring the community to Home Block versus just um, being open. And so we started on in, at the first Sunday in January, what we call Soul Sundays. So um, Chef Neil has put together some of his favorite brunch items. So that Sunday, every Sunday, is a completely different menu than you'll see the rest of the week. Uh, brunch items, we're offering uh, mimosas and um, and our rosé on special. And then every Sunday evening, starting at 5 p.m., going back to his roots, Chef Neil is doing a Sunday roast. Wow. And uh, so it really is just a great day to bring the family into Home Block and uh, have brunch and stay the day and then go right into Sunday roast with Chef Neil. And, of course, listen to some soul music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) I like that. We're speaking with Taylor Whalen. He's the winemaker and Graham Norton, the GM up at Cedar Creek Estate uh, Winery in Kelowna. Now, you guys are bringing the restaurant to town, which uh, uh, is fun for people who, who, you know, can't get up there over the wintertime. And you're part of the BC or part of the Vancouver International Wine Festival. So uh, Farm to Glass, a dinner that you're going to have at Honey Salt Restaurant at the Park in Vancouver on Wednesday, February 26th. It looks just great. Uh, why don't we start with the wines to see how you built the menu? Uh, so Taylor, what's up? What what are you bringing to town for this big this big night? Yeah, um, I mean, I think there's a there's a, a dedicated emphasis on Pinot Pinot Noir, especially for uh, Wine Fest this year. Yeah. And being deep in Pinot, we decided to go all out. So we're bringing down our uh, Platinum Rosé for the first course, and then we're bringing down a couple of vintages of both of our premium Pinot Noirs, our single vineyard Pinot Noirs, for the second and third courses. Wow. Finishing with uh, a Platinum Pinot Gris, which we do, which is in the kind of Alsatian off-dry style. Yeah, we hear a lot of... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we we just kind of wanted to show the the versatility of Pinot Noir with the rosés, and also we're working to build its reputation in the Okanagan and to show that it's an ageable wine as well. Like people think of it sometimes as a light, um, pretty wine, but it it can have power and it can have um, definitely cellaring potential. Yeah, I don't know about light. I I, I think it's an interesting wine, but I I love I love what's going on. Maybe you could talk a little bit about one. You mentioned the word platinum, so what does that mean at Cedar Creek for? people uh, buying the wine and two what about Kelowna and the North Okanagan and Pinot Noir why is it so special so let's start with platinum sure yeah so platinum is a tier of wine that we produce at Cedar Creek Um, it is our upper tier so everything that falls into the platinum category is a single vineyard selection so we're taking small individual parcels of vineyard um, in our best sites we're picking that fruit separately, we're, we're vinifying it separately, and ideally bottling it as really small batch wines hmm. to capture really cool aspects of the vineyard or winemaking, things like that. So these are essentially the best we can do at Cedar Creek. Well, I'm going to um, be a guest at that dinner, and I'm very excited, and there still are some tickets left. Honey Salt is at the Park Vancouver at 39 Smythe Street, and if you would like a ticket, go to... Uh, 
winefest.ca and uh, check the Best of BC Farm to Glass. It's on Wednesday, February 26th. And what a wonderful menu. The third course, I'm just looking at it, it's a uh, five-course meal, and you, they're doing duck breast, uh, Graham. That's right. So this was we were so excited about this opportunity because we thought with Wine Festival and now Home Block Restaurant, um, to be able to do something a little bit different for a typical winemaker's dinner. Obviously, we're going to have Taylor down and speaking to the wines, but we thought, what a great chance to have a true partnership. Uh, and that was the discussion that we had with Honey Salt from the beginning, was having, it, would they be open to having Chef Neil come down from Home Block? And this could really truly be a collaborative partnership dinner between Chef Neil from Home Block and Chef Jason Harper at Honey Salt. So the way that we've built that out over the last few months is um, they've gone back and forth and we've involved Taylor and we've tasted a lot of the wines together. And so the first two courses Chef Neil is going to do and then the second two courses, the duck breast and then the dessert, Casey, that you were pointing out with the duck, those are going to be Chef Jason's courses. So oh. it really is an opportunity to bring um, home block and honey salt together from a culinary perspective. And uh, this is, like, it's a long evening. It's, a, it's about three mm-hmm. hours, and the wines that you've chosen to go with the food, who, whose input was that? Well, that was really collaborative. I think when we st- first started looking at the partnership, dinner, uh, it was finding the right venue that really aligned with our ethos as well of farm to table and sustainable and focusing on local ingredients. And that was definitely honey salt. And then bringing Taylor into the conversation of, well, what do we really want to showcase that we think is the best of Cedar Creek from a wine perspective? And that really comes down to our Pinot Noir program. So as Taylor mentioned, not only are we going to have our separate selections of block two and block four, but for each course, we're going to be showcasing a 2012 vintage and a 2016 vintage, which is our current vintage, side by side. So it's also going back into the library to be able to show how these wines evolve over time, which I think is a really exciting conversation to have with consumers around the ageability, as Taylor was saying, and the longevity of BC wine, particularly Pinot Noir. Yeah, they're going to be great matches. I guess the the wine that intrigues me is the Block 7 Pinot Gris. It's being served with dessert. Most people wouldn't think of Pinot Gris as a dessert wine. Well, what what what's going on with this match? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a pretty unique wine, um, Anthony. Um, it's a wine that was inspired by a trip I did to Alsace. We have this pretty amazing um, <clears throat> parcel of Pinot Gris at Cedar Creek, which is incredibly stony soils, um, super concentrated fruit. And it ripens very late into the season, so we let it get very ripe. Uh, we're picking it, and then we're fermenting it, and it's stopping with quite a bit of residual sugar. So it's a big, powerful, rich, and off-dry style. Mm. So I think there, it looks interesting. The pairing does for sure. But I think there's going to be enough power and uh, enough sweetness in that wine that it should it should be really cool. It should match up quite well with the dessert, I think. Well, yeah. a maple pecan crumble with an apple pavé and brown butter ice cream. It just sounds fantastic. Uh, well, we're excited to get to the food, but I do want to get back to that question about Cologne and Pinot Noir. What What is going on up there? Is it is it uh, soil-related? Is it temperature-related? How, how would you describe the Pinot in Kelowna, say, versus down in Okanagan Falls? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little of both, Anthony. Like, um, at least on East Kelowna, where we're located, a lot of the vineyards are planted on slopes, which face uh, northwest and north. So they're cooler sites because they're not getting direct sunlight all day in the summertime. And then we do have pretty interesting soils. There's a lot of granite bedrock that's kind of flaking off the hills 
that forms the subsoil there, and then you have it overlaid by all these different types of soils that were laid down either by historical lakes or by flood events and things. So you get a lot of variation in terms of clay, gravel, silts, etc. Mm-hmm. And Pinot behaves differently on all those different soils. So you get not only do you get awesome growing conditions in terms of aspect and temperatures, but you get a lot of variation because you have all these different soil types yeah. as well. So you get complexity, well, which is what we all want. Absolutely, you do. Uh, so we're working through a, a process right now to build out a little Appalachian in East Kelowna um, that'll take in that whole kind of South Kelowna slope and East Kelowna area. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, the big focus is Pinot Noir, really. Yeah. Uh, listen, guys, great to chat with you today. I know that you'll be pouring wine at the Wine Festival. Of course, this dinner, the Best of BC Farm to Glass, runs Wednesday, February 26th. That's at Honey Salt uh, in the Park Hotel in Vancouver. For ticket information, you can go to uh, winefest.ca or the the Vancouver Wine Festival uh, website and uh, uh, get yourself a seat to this event. It's going to be fun. Thanks so much, gentlemen. We'll see you inside the tasting room. Thank you very much to you both. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks for having us. Uh, My pleasure. Taylor Whelan, of course, the uh, very celebrated winemaker now at uh, Cedar Creek, and Graham Norton, who's come over from Mission Hill uh, to take over the GM responsibilities. Those two guys, (coughs) along with uh, Chef Taylor, are cleaning up in uh, East Kelowna. Uh, Plenty more to come, though. Uh, We'll head south to Black Hills Winery, one of my favorites down in the, uh, just off the Black Sage bench. We'll speak with winemaker Ross Weiss, who uh, is also going to be in Vancouver for the upcoming Playhouse International Wine Festival. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Kalmana Family Estate Winery reminds you that it's time to join the 2019 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Kalmana's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Kalmana wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the number series, Kalmana's small lot program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit kalmana.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. It's Jesse here from Black Hills Estate Winery, inviting you to join us this winter to experience the best that BC has to offer. Enjoy an educational seated wine flight and sample our flagship red wine, Notabene, while taking in the serene vineyard views. Or check out our online store for seasonal specials, new wine releases, and more. We're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit blackhillswinery.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our next guest uh, is one of our favorites uh, winemakers in the Valley, Ross Weiss from Black Hills. 
uh, uh, if you don't know Ross, you should get up to uh, meet him uh, sometime this year at Black Hills. Of course, he's come over from uh, Phantom Creek, where he was very familiar with the uh, Black Sage Bench and now uh, working just down the road at Black Hills. Ross, how are you today? Pretty good, thanks, Tony. Uh, Enjoying Enjoying a nice quiet day in Tofino here by the by the harbor. Nice. Oh, one of my favorite <laughs> places in the world. Tofino. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Are you looking for vineyards over there, Ross? <laughs> no, I, don't, I think that might be a bit too challenging. No, just uh, <laughs> taking a week away after a, a big month of blending and bottling back at the winery. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you've moved over there. You've been there for a bit now. Are you feel ensconced and uh, feel like you know where everything is and, you know, it's, uh, it's onwards yeah. and upwards? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, just going through blending uh, my first version of the reds for the first time, I think that's when it's really sort of hit home that, yeah, this is this is where I'm at now, and I've been able to put my little stamp on these, these red blends we're putting together at the moment. So, yeah. yeah, it feels really good. I've been through the process one time and into my second year now, so I'm yeah, really enjoying Black Hills. And you're faced with a wine that really uh, that has been selling out every year for more than a decade now, Nota Bene, uh, often referred to as a cult wine from British Columbia. How, how easy or how hard is it to walk into a situation like that, and what, if anything, will you do with that wine? <laughs> I, I don't think I was too worried about it until I started talking to our club members, but they're <laughs> very worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the question I get the most often is, what are you going to do with Nota Bene? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's too much we need to do. The beauty of Nota Bene is it's been made from the, the same vineyards for its entire history, which is coming up to 20 years now. I'll be bottling the 20th version of it very shortly. Um, so really it's just a matter of letting the vines show what the what the Black Sage bench is all about. And um, I think the vines are more mature now, so we've got to do even less with them in terms of um, adding oak flavors or anything like that. I just think the fruit's so developed from the vineyard now that we're just trying to bring out the best of that. Um, so probably more attention in the vineyard than the winery. And uh, then just careful yeah. winemaking. Nice dance, Ross. I, I heard less oak and uh, maybe more work <laughs> in the vineyard, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's an interesting wine. It has such a great following, so it'll be fun to see. I, I know that you've got a few things in mind. I can't wait to, to, uh, to taste uh, the first one that you've been involved with. Well, uh, you've got a couple of things in mind because you're coming to the city and you're be going to be doing the Nota Bene Library tasting and also a fantastic dinner, Black Hills in the Park at the Tea House. Yeah, a couple of great events actually. I've never been to the festival, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that's there, so. you'll love it. Yeah, well, it's let me busy. give you a tip. Bring someone to pour wine so you can get around the room and, <laughs> yes. and see everything else. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of great events coming up. Yeah, that uh, the library tasting. I think we're pouring uh, 12 different vintages of Nota Bene going back to the year 2000 um, at the Vancouver Club. Yeah, that'll and be fantastic. The, yeah, and we've got another one coming up in June where we're pouring all 20. Um, we've still got a little bit left from right back to 1999. So mm. We love doing that. And that's for your 20th? anniversary that's right yeah big 20 for a note to Vene. boy that's wow. just Black hard Hills. to believe yeah it's great it's uh <laughs> it's it's fascinating tasting these older vintages and just showing what the same vineyard does year after year and yeah i really enjoy looking at the colder vintages actually i think if anything they age better than the ones that are sort of ripe and fruit focused on release i, I really like the colder ones perhaps that are more yeah. austere and yeah Which, showing really well at the moment yeah it's fun to try those, and of course, we would have thought in those days they were the greener vintages too, and yet yep. uh, after 20 years, uh, a lot of things happen in that bottle. Uh, uh, can you explain that? I often say to people that, uh, by the way, we're speaking with Ross Weiss. He's the winemaker at Black Hills Estate Winery. 
that wine is a living thing. We like to say that, that wine is a living thing in the bottle. What, what is going on in that bottle that maybe people don't know about? Yeah, so there's lots of chemical reactions that, um, that go on. And obviously primary fruit, which is what's there on release, it's all your fresh fruit. That tends to sort of fade away over time or evolve into different flavors. We call that tertiary fruit flavors. Mm-hmm. So then you get more of your dried fruit or... Uh, leafy characters, which I think you were talking about some of the greener flavors you can get from Cabernets and colder years. I think they tend to evolve into sort of more savory leafy characters or dry right, herbs, right. which to me is really interesting. And, you know, I really like how that shows through in the, in the cold vintages. And it's all, yeah. it's all because of that little bit of oxygen that's trapped between the cork and the wine, or is it also... Uh... Well, there's, a, there's a few reactions going on in there. Obviously, tannins are binding up to each other and becoming longer chains. And, I see. Um, I mean, Nota Bene was been an unfiltered wine for most years that it's been made so it's certainly still alive as you say things are moving in there and is it all under cork or are you thinking about screw caps every vintage has been under cork Uh, we're we're happy with that i think that that helps it evolve i don't know i'm a big fan of screw cap as well but i I just think for the style of nota bene cork um it really suits it 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 just helps it evolve i think screw cap can actually slow down evolution i think for people that like buying wine for the um, developed characters, I think screw cap perhaps makes them wait a bit longer in some cases. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And you're, uh, uh, lastly, just with the wine, you, you're a big proponent of organics and, and biodynamics. What's happening at Black Hills? How are you approaching yeah, the vineyard? So at Black Hills, they haven't sprayed herbicide at Black Hills for about five years now, which I think is huge. To me, that's probably the biggest aspect of organics is moving away from herbicide to, to manage the weeds under the vines. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy that's been a part of it. Um, and then we live in such a dry climate in the Okanagan that we really only have to spray sulfur anyway. Um, we're not certified organic, but most of our products are organic. We use composts for the nutrients for the soil as well. Um, organics isn't perfect. Like you, There's still things that you have to use for organic viticulture, such as copper, that are not ideal for the soil. But again, in the Okanagan, we don't have big pressure for downy mildew or botrytis, so we right. can generally avoid that, which is really nice. But yeah, it's all about minimizing the impacts out there and yeah, just keeping the, the grapes healthy and happy in a natural way. Well, I was very excited to see um, that you're going to be at uh, Stanley Park, the Tea House in Stanley Park, for one yeah. of the festival events, events, which is Monday, February 24th, and it's called Black Hills in the Park. So you're going to be at Tea House, at the Tea House, and it's a collaboration with you and the head chef, Adam Mead. And it's a classic Vancouver dining experience, and I think so many of us have been there over the years. So it's fun to see what you're going to do with a five-course meal, and I'm very excited. Of course, I love your rosé, but Alibi is one of my favorites. Yeah, and that's coming up with the first course, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a terrific-looking dinner. I'm really excited to go to the tea house, and uh, it's, it's probably the best setting for us to really show off and talk about our wines, um, paired with great foods. And, and um, chefs put so much work into these. They're, they're the creative ones, really. We we put the wine in bottle, and then chefs sort of work around the flavors that that we provide. So it's it's awesome to see what chefs can come up with. And this menu looks really exciting. And, um, yeah, we get to pour alibi. We've got our alias there as well. The rosé with the the canapé. Um, moving into Viognier with a rabbit ravioli, which I'm really excited about. Um, Syrah with pork belly, and then two vintages of Nota Bene with the main course, which is really exciting. It but is. The 2016 really and the 20, 
17. That's right. Yeah, two very contrasting vintages. The, the ripe and opulent 2016 and the more closed at this stage and brooding and concentrated 2017, which I think is going to turn into a fast, fantastic line in the coming years. Yeah, it looks like a great lineup. By the way, uh, Alibi and Alias, what is the difference? Uh, people might be wondering the difference between the two with the scallop crudo. Uh, sure, yeah. So Alibi, that's that's our original white blend. So that's our Bordeaux white blend. So it's a Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon blend, yep. about 60% Sauvignon Blanc in the 2018 vintage. And uh, Alias, that's our, it's more an Alsatian-inspired blend. It's Pinot Blanc, Riesling, Pinot Gris, um, Gewürz, Tremina, so a little yep. more aromatic. Yep. It's still reasonably dry, but yeah, a more aromatic blend. You've, uh, you have a great uh, selection of grapes there at Black Hills. Uh, will you keep that lineup? Are you looking at any other varieties now that you've, you've been there a bit? Or how, 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 what would be the next wine you'd want to make there? <laughs> uh, well, we know what works. So we know that we're well-suited to Bordeaux and Rhone varieties because we're in a hot little part of the Okanagan there in the fans. So I think that's the first thing is any, any replanting we do will be to Bordeaux and Rhone varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'm pushing for is we've got a little bit of Roussan and Viognier. But to me, it makes sense to have some Marsan as well. So yeah. that's probably what I'm really pushing for at the moment. And, um, but yeah, following on from that, just just more in the Rhone side of things, I think. Yeah, and Lovely you did too. a you've done a little Syrah planting, I recall, which is right below right below one of the most famous Syrah vineyards in BC that uh, that you looked after for a while. How does that coming along? Yeah, really good. Yeah, we've got a great little block down there um, facing west in the sun. Um, some great little clones of Syrah coming along too. We're pretty excited about that. And yeah, that's just below the that, old Phantom Creek site, right? Or yeah, right next to it. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. Just a, head, a headland separates us. Yeah, great pedigree. Yep. Yeah. Real steep slope too. The staff don't like walking it too much, but uh, it's good fun. Well, it, it sounds like you might be excited to get back to the Okanagan, but Tofino sounds pretty good to me this week too. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's great chatting with you, Ross. I know that you're going to have fun in Vancouver uh, throughout the wine festival. Your very first wine festival, that's uh, shocking to me. Uh, you better get some sleep, man. It's a busy time. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of great wines in that room, especially a lot of Rhone wines that you'll be interested in tasting, I think, Perfect, uh, yeah. to uh, yeah. get a catch up on some of that and meet some of those winemakers. Yeah, it should be a great week. I uh, can't wait to get a little skip back uh, in. I just would love to see two or three Rhone winemakers doing something in the Okanagan with a guy like you. I just think it could be so much fun. I agree. We'll try and find one. <laughs> right on. Okay, Ross, thanks so much, eh? We'll look okay, for you at the you. wine festival. Ross Weiss, he's the winemaker at Black Hills Estate Winery. The dinner is on Monday night in Stanley Park. It's a, it's a, it's uh, it's almost like a cult restaurant, Casey. It it's, is. Uh, the tea house has been there forever and uh, always evolving and, and uh uh, it's the kind of place you think is it still there, but it's always there. It's always there, and well, probably one of the most beautiful settings in the city. I'm uh, free Monday night. I wonder. I wonder. Mm. Uh, BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll take a quick break and be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. 
Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's Organic Ambassador Program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley. For those in the know, it's a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. And it's here. Nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos Winery. Surrounded by an idyllic organic vineyard using natural ferments and small artisanal winemaking, they produce elegant and age-worthy wines that reflect the unique land. You can find Clos wines in fine wine shops and restaurants across the province or order online at clodisolet.ca. Join BC Food and Wine Radio at the 42nd Vancouver International Wine Festival, February 27th to 29th. Theme country is France. For a free international festival tasting ticket worth up to $115, choose from four sessions. Book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com by February 13th. Details are at vanwinefest.ca. Limited supply, so book now. Come see Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson talking with international and BC vine stars in the tasting room at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Don't wine and drive. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the Ritz. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, You know, Casey, when we started this show way back when... uh, we used to give tips on bistros and brasseries and casual dining and what people should do because people were dining out all the time in high-end restaurants. Now uh, it's almost uh, a given that we need to talk a little bit about high dining because people have forgotten how to do it in some ways. And you know what? Or haven't embraced it. Yes, and when you go out to a fine dining restaurant now... It just brings back all the memories of such beautiful places, fabulous service, tablecloths. It's it's such a nice experience. Oh, tablecloths. Yes, oh, you remember that, don't yeah, you, Tony? I'm a big fan of tablecloths. I pay extra for that. That's right. Uh, and okay. we're talking about <coughs> restaurants like La Crocodile, Hawksworth, mm-hmm. Chipinos, the Wedgwood. What a fabulous experience that is. And then the new ones, Eliza. Well, Blue Water's a fabulous place to go, mm-hmm. but there is a code of conduct. Oh, it's kind of like the National Hockey League. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's start with dressing because that's always a big issue uh, or a difficult issue for some people. Uh, like, you know, you can't wear your flip-flops. You cannot wear a cap, a baseball cap. Well, that's a great That thing. drives me crazy. I don't think you should wear it in any restaurant at any time. No, I, when I walk into a restaurant and see that, I just, I, I want to flip that hat right off I the guy's head on the floor. I want to ask who his mom is. You know, it's crazy. Mm. Okay, but uh, so what, what are some of the things about dressing? So don't underdress. That brings me to the cap. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't, don't, don't overdress. overdress. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell when someone has dressed, overdressed for an occasion. Because Suit and tie. And they don't look comfortable in yeah, their clothing. Yeah, they look stiff, yeah. Yes. 
So, you know, you can bag the tie, but wear a jacket. Yes. Uh, and, you know, have a relatively conservative shirt so that you don't stick out so much unless your plan is to stick out. Uh, but, you know, just nicely dressed, nice pair of shoes, maybe polish your shoes, uh, that sort of thing. Unless you're Prime Minister Trudeau and he just rolls up his sleeves on a white shirt. Yeah. He always yeah. looks cool. I'm going to do that. Uh, that, <laughs> sounds, that sounds like fun. Uh, okay. Uh Another thing you can do going in or thinking about, you don't have to know everything in, about the restaurant, about the chef, about the food. Ask questions. Yes, and uh, don't be intimidated. You would be surprised uh, how much the people who work there know about what's going on in the restaurant. They're not just dropping plates on the table. They, they know everything about those dishes. They're schooled on those dishes every night uh, before service starts. And, of course, they're schooled on the wines as well. I know they have... They have uh, uh, in fact, here's a tip. If you don't want to talk to the sommelier because you're terrified, just ask the server. They know just about as much about the wine, and they know it in your language. And they know it because they know the food well. They know what yeah. pairs with your food. They can help you say, well, if I was having that chicken boy, I'd, this is what I'd take off the list, that sort of thing. So you can you can do that. you got to ask questions. Uh, but I love talking to the psalm. Yeah. I do. I always ask for the psalm and say, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think? They've always got great suggestions. Otherwise, you end up drinking the same wine every uh, time you go out. I guess so. I don't have that problem. but <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tony, uh, there is nobody better than you <laughs> to choose wine. And I know from my mother, who, you know, was never sure what she wanted, you would choose a wine. She would love it. And you just are able to... You know what people, and you really know what I like to drink. So, yeah. well, you're, I think you're that's impressive. That's a a notion. Like, if you tell me what you like, I I can find you a wine to drink that you don't know about. Exactly. Uh, I like that. That gets people thinking about other things. Okay. Uh, one of the things that drives me nuts at the end of the dinner oh. is this is this check splitting, and and uh, you have a great solution for this. Well, don't. Never split the check by what was ordered. Yeah. Instead, you know, yeah. just I had the chicken. You exactly. had you had the steak. You ordered the. You had two drinks before. I had a wine. Like, forget it. Like, don't. You've got to go fifty-fifty. Yeah. If you can't afford a few extra dollars in either direction, then go somewhere else. Or get better friends, or exactly less exacting friends. But yeah, don't because it's too much for the wait staff. Everybody's busy. Like it's you know, if the meal is three or four hundred bucks, you split it down the middle, and that's the end of it. If you do decide to go with separate checks, mm -hmm. leave a bigger tip for the aggravation. Yes. Well, okay. Definitely do that. Okay. Uh, the full experience. Yeah, don't you talk about that. Don't skip wine or a beverage or a first course. Yeah, sit down and relax. Right. Order a drink or something. You know, if you're not driving, now we have Uber in town. This it, this, uh, this opens up a lot of possibilities for people. Easy door-to-door -door service, etc. So, so get yourself a glass of wine or a drink. Think about it before you go there. Uh, in some ways, like think, gee, am I going to have a drink before dinner? Shall we have a glass of wine, or maybe we should have a cocktail? Like get sort of well, sort you know yourself what? out. I never go anywhere without checking the menu and the wine list, just mm -hmm. to get an idea of what they've got. And you know, if affordability is an issue, better to save up longer than half asset. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, that's very <laughs> very edgy. But that's a good point. Like, if you're going to spend 
300 bucks on dinner, save 350 and, you know, have a drink before and relax or have a little better bottle of wine. Like, really make it, if it's going to be one night a year or whatever, then there's no point in cutting corners on that. And you'll feel better going in. You know what, you've you got a budget, you know what you're going to spend. You'll have a better evening than trying to calculate everything and wonder what it's going to cost you at the end. So just get that sorted out and get it out of the way. Uh, be courteous to yes. everybody. They will be to you. There's no need to be snapping at anybody. And uh, think about it. You're a guest in their house. Exactly. So, uh, oh, I, I, I'm not going to tell the story I had this week, but it's just, it was just awful the way this, this weight person was handled by a customer. And it just drives me crazy when I see that. Okay, uh, what else? Specials. Always ask the price of specials. Oh, yeah. Because they can be way over the top. And also, if somebody offers you truffles, you know, two quick passes on a grater can increase a dish by $160. So you really want to be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah, specials often, you hear the special and there's no price. So yes. it's, it's very it's logical. It's usually a lot more it's than It's like the fish of think. the day and they say, oh, we brought in lobster, whatever. And then your question should be, oh, what, you know, what's the price for that special? And they'll simply tell you. They'll say it's 75 bucks, and you'll say thank you, uh, and you'll go back to the menu. Well, you know what? I think the specials, they should be written down, yeah. and you should be handed the special menu. Yeah. I think uh, regarding wine, you can drink whatever you want, spend whatever you want, have whatever you want. There's only one thing I don't want you to do is grab that glass with your whole hand on the glass. Just don't do it. Just grab the stem. It's bad for the wine anyways. You're warming it up, but it looks it just doesn't look right. Uh, there is a way to handle a wine glass. Uh, we could speak for hours on it, but if we just tell you to hold it by the stem, you're in the game. And Tony, what about clinking glasses? You told me uh, you're when you're in Europe, they <laughs> aren't they aren't clinking anymore. They're is not that clinking. True? I'll give you a tip. Uh, you know how people sort of clink the glass, the top of your glass to the top of their glass, and yes. it goes ping, ping, ping around the world, around the room or the table. Well, what you do now is that you take your glass and you turn it on a 45-degree angle and you get the person who's across from you to turn their glass on a 45-degree angle and you clunk the center of the glass to the center of their glass. Do you, do you, can you visualize that? Yes. And it makes a low sort of bell rung tone. You know, it's a low tone. Oh, okay. It's a biodynamic tone. Oh, my It's an gosh. earth tone. It's... It's very hard to keep up with all these <laughs> styles it so, and it is so oh, uh, it is so uh never mind anyway. I know, but I, I Here we are telling you to relax and not exactly. be crazy. But, but I think uh, I was knocked out by I thought, yeah, you know what, I feel more connected to everything with that sound than the clink, so And don't hit on the staff. This this happens all the time and waiters <laughs> have told me they never go to a table if if the gentleman who's at the table with the woman goes to the washroom, they never go near her because, mm. you know, they'll get their teeth knocked out. Wow. So remember that, Tony. No more. Holy worry. smokes. Well, uh, and, and uh, well, it would be nice if the staff didn't hit on you too. Yes, that's right. Well, <laughs> do you I get a lot know. of that? Yeah, I do get a lot of that. <laughs> I'm fighting them off all the time. And just one last thing. If you can't afford the dining room yeah. of a high-end restaurant, eat yeah. in the bar because there's no pressure there. To order, you know, a full meal. 
Then you got to talk to the bartender. Though. I love talking to bartenders. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, Casey will be back to talk to bartenders uh, next week. Uh, but that's it for today's show. And I want to thank everybody for listening in Vancouver, Victoria, Kamloops, Kelowna, Penticton, and all of the South Okanagan. Uh, and please remember, you can listen to any of our shows at any time on your favorite podcast. Even my wife listens to the show now. Because she's a podcast freak, and it just downloads, and away it goes. So we have quite a chat about the show every week. Excellent. How about that? I'm impressed. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.